the podcast where we explore the land of myths. I'm Demon Paul. And I'm Demon Jason. And welcome to the fourth annual Halloween special. What's up, Paul? I like that one. That was a new new voice for you. I think that was good. It's changing it up. Like the I, demon king or the demon daddy there, bro. I don't think I could do the normal demon Jason voice because my I don't know, I had COVID like a month ago and I still have kind of the cough and sore throat and it's really bugging me. And so just wanted to mention that my voice might be like really bad by the end of the episode. Like I might sound like a you know 30-year smoker type person or something. So well, right now you sound like an angel. Thank you, Paul. We'll we'll see how it goes in thirty minutes. Yeah, we'll see. So yeah, Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. First and foremost, happy Halloween. I hope you have a great one. Paul just recently sent me a picture of his new costume that he got, which I believe is supposed to do double duty for both Halloween and the Renaissance Festival, which we went to together not too long ago. Correct. What'd you think? It looks great. You awesome. want to tell everybody about it? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sailor, like kind of Renaissance era-ish sailor. Yeah. I got a sleeveless vest so I can show off a little bit of skin. Got those guns. I've got, I got to spend winter lifting now so I can fill <laughs> out my vest a little bit. I got a little pirate hat and a bandana, a sash around my waist. Yeah. I like the sash, like it, it fits with the look, but now that I think about it, like I don't know why. Like what did people use those for, you know? I don't know, because it's not quite a belt. Yeah. It's Just like a like, cloth uh, that you tie around your waist. You know, maybe put like your sword in it. I guess. It's useful. It holds things. Put your spyglass in it, put your sword in it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be prepared with my costume for this Halloween. I still, I have this vision of the, the plague doctor look. Yeah. But I really, I need to like take some time to shop around because I don't want, I don't want the like spirit Halloween type costume. I want like authentic full grain leather, you know, antiqued, just creepy looking, authentic looking stuff. Yeah. Get a really nice one. Yeah. Just have it for years. Exactly. Have a really good costume. Yeah. What about Renfest? You could get a costume for that too. Well, I was hoping the Plague Doctor thing would, would work for that, too. We, I saw a Plague Doctor guy when we were there. Only thought is that, like, it can get kind of hot sometimes. Exactly. That run, mask run especially. a few weeks before Halloween, so yeah, a little warmer. I'm hoping to get, like, enough layered pieces that I can kind of remove some when necessary and still have, like, a look that makes sense, you know? I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Anyway, so before we get into all the fun creepy stuff we have in store in this episode. We have a few orders of business to address first, right? Yeah. So first of all, a huge thank you to all of our patrons, especially our Shogun-level patrons. We got Wesley C., Paula, Nicholas McKibben, and Kevin Harris. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. We really appreciate the support. Uh, I also want to remind all of our patrons that now that we're in between seasons, you have an opportunity to decide the topic of one of next season's episodes. So there's a post on Patreon where you can submit a topic suggestion. That's if you're on one of the higher two tiers, I believe. 
And then we're going to take those suggestions, put them in a poll, and then all patrons can vote on that poll. So for your topic suggestions, you have one more week to submit those. November 6th is the deadline, and then the poll will start. I'm really excited to see completely out of our hands a topic that's going to be picked. Yeah. That we have nothing to do with, no say over. I'm kind of excited to see what we get. Totally. It'll be interesting. I also want to mention that we have just posted some Patreon-exclusive content. We have a behind-the-scenes video with a little tour of our recording studio. And there's a new Q&A episode posted for our patrons as well. So, if you're not a patron yet, now is the perfect time to join because you get those new episodes, you get to participate in the poll and everything. You can do all that for as little as $2 a month. That's a pretty good deal, I'd say. Uh, If you want to join, the link is on our website, sightseeingjapanpodcast.com, or you can find it in the show notes for this episode. I also want to mention that we currently have 14 patrons, Paul. Wow. That's more than halfway to our first goal, which was 25 patrons. It is. And when we hit that goal, we're going to start making some Patreon-exclusive folklore episodes. And if we get up to 50 patrons, what are we doing, Paul? We're going to do a hentai episode. I'm actually getting excited about, like, I want to do that episode. Right now that I think about it, like, oh, man, 14, like... We're getting kind of close to the 25, and if we hit the 25, then 50's coming. It's yeah. actually going to happen, we'll Start maybe. snowballing, right? Yeah, wow. Okay, that'll be a fun one. Definitely. Uh, last announcement I have is that we have set a date for when season four of the podcast will start. This is a bonus episode, the Halloween special, because we didn't want to miss a Halloween. But the official season start will be December 4th. I'm looking forward to it. I'm getting excited. I just hope that my throat issues are resolved by then. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be super healthy by then. I hope so. That long COVID that uh, sounds like a nightmare. I want to go back to karaoke, and I, I can't really sing in this condition. Okay, so now for the topic of this year's Halloween special, what do we got, Paul? We're going to dive into Japanese urban legends. Oh, yeah. Now, you may recall last year we talked about haunted places in Japan, and you could say that some of those things we talked about would also fit under this year's topic, urban legends. But this time we're going to focus more on legends that are not tied to specific places, right? Creepy things that can happen to you anywhere, which maybe even makes them a little scarier, right? Yeah. So Paul and I each have a list of urban legends that we found that we like, uh, but we haven't compared our lists. We haven't talked about this stuff at all yet. So I'm excited to see what you got, Paul. Yeah, I'm interested to see uh, which ones you go for too. Well, should we dive right in? Let's do it. Why don't you do the honors, Paul? You can start us off here. Well, good, good. I get to start with uh, one of my favorites then. I want to share the legend of Kisaragi Station. Okay, I think I heard some stuff about this, but I don't think I wrote it down, so... Perfect. Tell me everything. So, this is a Japanese urban legend that originated back in 2004 on 2Channel, which was a popular message board at the time. Did 2Channel or 2Chan or whatever come before 4Chan? 
I don't know. I was never, 4chan was one of the few like things I never really got into. Yeah, me either. I wasn't a 4chaner or 4chaner. I don't know <laughs> if they call themselves something. I guess I could be totally wrong here, but my impression was that 2chan was like the Japanese website that started it all. And then 4chan was like the English language ripoff of 2chan or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. So this story revolves around a mysterious railway station and takes place in Shizuoka Prefecture, which is the home of Mount Fuji, Yep, for reference. Just down the coast from Tokyo a bit. So all the way back in 2004, suddenly one night there was a post shared on a thread called Post About Strange Occurrences Around You, Thread 26. It was posted by someone identified as Hasubi, who said they awoke on a train and all the other passengers were asleep. And she tried to figure out what had happened. So she was posting on 2Channel to receive advice if anyone had been involved in anything similar or had any ideas what she should do. She was on a typical commute trip to work, and the train was traveling in a direction that just didn't seem right to her. But she went to the front of the train and couldn't find a conductor, couldn't find a driver. Everyone was just sleeping. So the, the train was full of people. They were just sleeping. Is yeah. That what you're yeah. She woke up and she was the only one awake. Huh. So after about an hour, the train finally stops and she gets off. And it's a station called Kisaragi. And she posts again, like, I don't know the station. It's totally deserted. What should I do? Everyone tells her, get out of there, run, get out of there. But she pokes around for a little bit and she tries to find a taxi, but can't find any. She goes to a telephone booth back in the day before the proliferation of cell phones, I guess. And she calls her parents, you know, oh, hey, come pick me up. And they look around and they're like, we can't find Kisaragi station. There's no Kisaragi station. Where are you? You should call the authorities. So she calls the authorities and they thought it was a prank and they hung up on her. Hmm. So then she goes back into the station and all of a sudden the surroundings changed and there's a bell tolling and a drum beat beating and <laughs> she gets really scared and she drum starts beat. running down the train tracks trying to get away from the station. This is starting to sound to me like a tanuki messing with her or something you know ah, throwing some illusions around yeah, maybe could be so she's running down the tracks and she just hears a voice that shouts hey don't walk on the tracks that's dangerous and expecting it was a station attendant she turned around hopefully but it was just a man with one leg standing there who immediately vanished as soon as she saw him creepy so terrified, she ran further down the tracks, but tripped and injured herself. And shortly after that, she was welcomed by a friendly man, just down on the tracks, apparently. Well, okay. Uh, very unusual. Uh, he offered her a ride to safety. So he brings her back to the station, and they get on a different train that's appeared there. And... She gets on this train and she realizes it's heading deeper and deeper into the mountains. And she starts getting worried. And the guy that offered her the ride 
stops talking and doesn't say anything to her once she's on the train. Offered her a ride? You mean like invited her onto this train car, Yeah, he right? brought her back to the station and then onto this train. So wait, is this train, are there still people on here? Is it empty, did you say? It seems to be just her and this guy okay. who's now not saying anything. Okay. And then eventually he starts mumbling and muttering to himself, but oh, not no. saying anything That's never good. that she can tell. So then her last post on Two Channel, she says, my battery's almost out. Things are getting stranger, so I think I'm going to make a run for it. He's been talking to himself about bizarre things for a while now. To prepare for just the right time, I'm going to make my last post for now. And she was never heard from again. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty creepy. That's the story of the train station that doesn't exist. Nice. I find it really creepy that she, like, got to this station eventually. You know, it's weird that the people are asleep. But then she was able to contact her parents. So she had this connection with the outside world while she was in this place that didn't exist. But they couldn't help her because she was trapped there. I find that part like especially um, entertaining about the story. Totally. I was, I was thinking about that exact same thing, how it's like she's totally isolated, but she has this like lifeline that seems like it should be enough to save her, but it's not. And she's reading everybody's messages back to her yeah, and interacting too. with the message board in and out. Yeah. And so she's like connected and then she's just gone and I'm going to make a run for it and never heard from again. It's pretty cool. And I think the fact that that showed up on the internet, I think that's going to be a, a theme that runs through a lot of these stories we're talking about today. Like from what I saw in my research, a lot of them are like pretty recent and seem to have shown up on the internet somehow out of nowhere. And then there are the older stories that have just been passed down orally over decades or generations even. Yeah, some of them might be like hundreds of years old and some of them are like, 19 years old. <laughs> yeah. I have like a pretty recent one, I think, that's maybe my favorite. Okay. I don't know if I want to do it next, though. Well, which one do you want to do? It's your turn. All right, all right. Let me, let me think here. I guess I'll start with perhaps one of, if not the very most famous urban legend in Japan. Okay. You know what I'm talking about, you think? I, I have a few guesses, but one, one main guess, I think. It's the legend of the slit-mouthed woman. That was my first guess. All right. Yeah, in Japanese, she's called Kuchisake Ona, which means a slit-mouthed woman, basically. So she has slits on the side of her mouth, both sides of her mouth. Like, think of like Heath Ledger's Joker, right? That explains the name. Supposedly, she was a beautiful but very vain young wife of a jealous samurai. At least that's one of the versions. There are a bunch of different versions yeah. out there. It's a very old and popular tale, apparently, with all sorts of variations. But the idea is her husband found out that she cheated on him, so he slit her face from ear to ear and said, who will think you're beautiful now? That's barbaric. Isn't it? Hey, you shouldn't have been away fighting wars for five years, leaving your wife all alone. Yeah. I mean, she shouldn't have cheated either, but no one's perfect. Apparently, the story, or at least this version of it, was originally a cautionary tale to warn people not to cheat. Ah, okay. Yeah. Like, stay away from the water or the kappa will drown you. Yeah. Don't cheat or somebody's going to slice your face open, I okay. guess. Okay. I mean, there's a moral to that story. Yeah. 
So now this woman's spirit wanders around at night. She wears a long coat and she has a surgical mask. And she approaches people on the street, usually children or men, and she asks them, am I pretty? But she's got like the mask on her face, so you can't see her mouth, right? So you say, well, if you say no, she kills you with a pair of scissors that she carries around. If you say, yeah, you know, you got those pretty eyes up above that mask. Those are some pretty eyes. Yeah, you're pretty. Then she removes the mask, so you see her disfigured mouth. And she says, how about now? Am I still pretty? And again, if you say no, she kills you. If you say yes, she'll take those scissors and slice up your face to match hers. Oh. Yeah. Better than dying. True. There is a way to survive and not get cut up. Okay, I need to know this. The only way, from what I saw, is to just say that she looks normal or average. Okay. And then she gets, I don't know, confused, I guess, and can run away. Uh, There's another version of the story. This made absolutely no sense until I read a little thing that kind of made it make a little bit more sense. But they say that you can save yourself by chanting the word pomade three times. I did see that too. I I don't know where that comes from or what that... (laughs) You didn't see any explanation of that? No, I did. I found one source that like tried to explain why that maybe makes sense. Okay. So in this version, she wasn't disfigured by a jealous husband. She was disfigured by a botched cosmetic surgery. Okay, okay. And the doctor that performed the surgery had a lot of pomade in his hair. Okay. That's what they said. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's a weird little twist on it. But, yeah. Uh, so I saw one source that claimed that this legend dates back to the Heian period. Yeah, wow. You see that too? I did, yeah. That's like a thousand years ago. Yeah. That's crazy. But then I saw another source that said it was from the Edo period which is only like 400 years ago. And the source that I that seemed most credible to me, seemed most academic, said that this legend originated in the late 1970s. So That's, I think, the earliest they can like find it in print. Okay. Like it's definitely at least been around since the 70s because they have like newspapers or magazines yeah. with a story in it. But maybe like the age of the legend is part of the legend itself, you know? Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, e- either way... It was definitely a big thing right around 1979. I saw that there were a bunch of like eyewitness reports at that time. People said they saw her. Yeah. There were so many reports that they actually increased police patrols and children were escorted home in groups oh in response to the reports. Isn't that crazy? Maybe it was like, remember that clown thing from like 10 years ago? Yeah. Where there were people just dressing up as clowns walking around at night scaring people. Yes, I remember maybe that. Maybe like all these like young women just like put on a mask and like went out walking around holding a pair of scissors <laughs> yeah. just like to troll everybody. <laughs> maybe. I saw her. I saw her. <laughs> Could be. It does fit well with modern day times. Like a woman wearing a mask. Don't think twice about yeah. that right oh, now. Man. During the pandemic, it would be like, she could be anywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's still a ton of people wearing masks. Yeah. And it's like the Joker face, like cut like cheek to ear. That's kind of like a, a look that's been in popular culture recently. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting legend. It does make me think, so you confuse her to get away. Do spirits keep up with lingo? It's a good you know, question. she's from the 70s or whatever. You know, you all you got to tell her she's like, looks average. You know, like, oh, yeah, you look good. She takes off the mask. 
I just imagine like kids these days being like, eh, you're mid. And <laughs> yeah. she's just like, what? Huh? On God. And then she's just confused and they just like walk away, not even realize that they just escaped death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what are the kids up to these days? I don't understand a word they're saying. <laughs> if your spirit lasted for a thousand years, you might not understand anything anymore. Yeah. Language changes a whole lot. I wonder if there are ghosts walking around speaking old English and everybody's just like, what the heck are you even saying, man? Yeah. Ghosts eventually have to retire. They can only make it for a few hundred years before they get out of style. Yeah. Maybe there's an expiration date where it's like, well, if you didn't finish your unfinished business by now, we may as well just let you go. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I got another uh, internet one. Give it to me. The Red Room Curse. I know that one. This one seems very popular as well. Uh, It's another internet-focused story that starts with an ominous pop-up. I've dealt with a few ominous pop-ups in my day. Oh, yeah. Back in the days before you could get, like, ad block extensions. The 90s were a scary time on the internet. (laughs) You try to look at boobies one time, and you got to, like... X out these browsers like your life depends on it as these pop-ups are coming up. Paul, can I share a quick story with you? Just real quick. Sure. I have this vivid memory of like, so, you know, I've always been interested in like horror type stuff, right? I remember as a kid, I was looking up The Exorcist, the movie, because there's like a whole bunch of, there's like mythology around that, you know? Like, oh, so many people died during the making of it and it's (laughs) evil and all this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So I was Googling that. And then I swear, that's all I was looking up. And all of a sudden, boobies pop up, you know? <laughs> and my mom and my sister are in the same room. And immediately, my sister is like, Jason's looking at boobies on the internet. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm just Googling The Exorcist, I swear. <laughs> but, you know, like you said, they just keep popping up. And you got to click them and cl- <laughs> like keep clicking those Xs. And you're never fast enough. Your mom's just watching you. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. no, stop. <laughs> yeah. That was, it was branded in my brain. Eventually, you just got to pull the plug and just hard shut down your computer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that memory will follow me for the rest of my days. Oh, man. You know, it's hard to imagine your sister like having your back. That is exactly <laughs> how I would imagine. She's going to call you out mercilessly immediately. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's how it was. Ah, siblings. So... Back to the Red Room curse. Red Room. So all of a sudden you get a pop-up on your screen and it's completely red with black text that reads, do you like the Red Room? And it's accompanied by a sinister sounding voice asking the same question in Japanese, obviously. And no matter how many times you close it, it will continue to appear until the voice has finished saying the question. Afterwards, your entire screen turns red and starts scrolling the names of past victims of this curse, which is super creepy. Agreed. No one knows exactly what happens next because everybody that sees this is found dead with their blood painting all the walls of their room red, creating the red room name. Makes sense. Once it pops up, it's impossible for you to escape your fate. You're done. 
So a little on the actual historical side of this one. It's supposedly from an Adobe Flash horror animation from the late 1990s where this whole uh, like legend came from. And in a gruesome twist of fate, it got tied in with reality famously. In 2004, there was a bloody murder known as the Sasebo Slashing, an incident where an 11-year-old killed her 12-year-old classmate with a utility knife after being bullied online. Yeah. And investigators found out that the murderer had bookmarked the Red Room page on her computer. Sounds like a curse to me. Yeah, so this kind of blew up on the internet and gave credence to all this Red Room is real. Although the murderer didn't die in this case, it influenced her to kill another person. So that twisted, maybe that's the way out of the Red Room curse. You just have to vow to kill somebody else instead. I don't know. But that's horribly gruesome because that actually happened. An 11-year-old murdering a 12-year-old yeah. with a utility knife? I remember. I mean, that story was was hugely famous. Like, everybody around the world heard yeah. about that because it's just it's crazy. Right. The fact that it's a young girl killing another young girl. The fact that's happening in Japan, like this safe, nonviolent country. It was, it was kind of international headlines at the time. Yeah. You know, when I was reading this and I was reminded of that case, it, it struck me... Do you think we should do an episode sometime about like famous true crimes in Japan? Or is that too morbid? Ooh, there's so many people into true crime. Yeah. I wonder if people would be into that. I, I've listened to so many true crime podcasts, but like right. it my takes f- a certain type of person to want to listen to that stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it might not be for everyone. Yeah. My first instinct was like, ah, we've done enough with like the earthquake episodes and stuff to make Japan seem scary. Like, I don't know if we need to do all the most violent crime in Japan episodes, but I was like, ah, but if it's true crime, people actually like that. Yeah. I bet people would like go tour a, like a murder scene. Totally. You know, like people go to Akigahara. Right. Some right. people are like, oh, am I going to see a body or whatever? Like people go for that morbid stuff. Right and or wrong. I don't but. know. There are a bunch of true crime cases that happened in Japan that are like really, really out there. Yeah, hard to imagine I, something I think like about that the ever cannibal happening. guy, right? But I think he did that in France originally. Yeah, yeah. And then but like, I mean, even that has Japan. the weirdest part about that story is that he's free and yeah, still never, living in Japan. Never went to prison, apparently. Yeah, yeah. That's a story. And then there, I don't know. I guess I think the fact that it's so hard to get guns in Japan almost makes it like more likely that these stories are going to be really weird and gruesome and disturbing. You yeah, know? it's harder to murder someone in Japan. Yeah. It's anyway. easy to pull a trigger from a distance, but it's... I think that would harder. be an interesting episode to do. Okay. Let's talk about like the most messed up crimes that have happened. Yeah. All right, we should put that in the ideas list. I already put it on there. Okay, okay, <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, you got another good one for us, buddy? Yeah, trying to decide if I should go with my, my absolute favorite. I think it, maybe it's time. Yeah, otherwise I might accidentally take it. Okay. Unless you think it's way out there and I won't. I'm curious if you came across this one, actually. Okay. It, it wasn't like... Not one like the top Wikipedia on, top 10. It's not on the big lists okay, that a lot okay. of people compiled. I only found one or two not on the list that I thought were decent, so we'll see. Okay. I'll warn you, too, this is kind of a long one, but I feel like every little detail makes it even creepier, so I don't really want to leave anything out. 
Okay. Hope that's okay. Yeah. No, go for it. Okay. So did you hear, hear anything about uh, Hitori Kakurenbo, also mm. known as like one man hide and seek? No. Oh, man. You're oh, going to love this. Good. This is so crazy. It's going to be all fresh for me. Okay. So everybody knows hide and seek, I think. The concept of that children's game. That game is called Kakurenbo in Japanese, and Hitori means one person. So Hitori Kakurenbo is playing hide-and-seek by yourself. The origin of this idea was supposedly in a Japanese chat room or message board around 2006. Somebody supposedly tried this and posted live updates about it. Okay, so to play hide-and-seek by yourself, there's some supplies you need to gather, okay? You need to get a stuffed animal with limbs. Okay. It shouldn't be a human doll, though. It needs to be like non-human. Okay. You need some uncooked rice. You need a sewing needle and red thread. You need to get a blade or a knife of some sort, a glass of salt water or sake, nail clippers, and you need to have a TV in your house or in the room. Uh, you'll see where the TV comes into play. I don't know where any of this stuff is going to come into play. That seems like a wild list of things. Right? Yeah. Th- oh, just you wait. This gets crazy. Okay. Okay. So once you have all your supplies, then you need to do some prep. And you have to do your prep before 3 a.m. because the game starts at exactly 3 a.m. Okay. So first you take your stuffed animal. You have to give it a name. But you can't give it your name. And you don't want to give it the name of somebody you know. Like you need to just make up a name. Jason. No. Oh, not, no, no, not sorry, that. sorry, that's, sorry. That's, you're putting me in danger, Paul. <laughs> Just call it Fluffy or Cuddles or like some cutesy... Uh, Peter. We'll call it Peter. I guess, as long as my Roomba doesn't end up haunted. <laughs> that's his name. Anyway. Okay, so you take... Once it's got a name, you cut open the stuffed animal. You pull out all the stuffing. You replace the stuffing with the rice. Okay. okay. Rice is sacred in Shinto tradition. Mm-hmm. And so this is supposed to imbue this thing with spiritual power. That's the idea behind the rice. Okay. Along with the rice, you need to put in some of your own nail clippings. Okay, that's what the nail clippers are for. Okay. Apparently, you can also use hair or saliva or blood instead, but those might make it more dangerous. Ah, okay. You're putting, you know, a piece of yourself into this thing, but you don't want to put too much of yourself into it, I guess. I'm going to go straight blood. I like living wild. (laughs) All right. You go for it. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Uh, So once you've done that, then you use the needle and red thread to sew the thing back up. Okay. And then you wrap the remaining thread around the doll, like the, the, you know, the long end that is left over. Okay. So apparently the rice symbolizes human organs and then the red thread symbolizes blood vessels and the thread helps bind the spirit that you're going to uh, bring into this stuffed animal okay next you need to fill a bathtub or a wash basin with water i think we've talked before about how watery places are supposed to attract spirits and then you turn off all the lights in the house you turn on the tv this kind of reminded me of the ring the movie, The Ring, yeah. or Ringu, the Japanese version. TVs are supposed to be pathways for spirits. So the idea is like you're creating an entrance for the spirit with the bathtub, and then the TV is the exit. Okay. Okay. And I feel like I heard somewhere long ago, not even in my research, I couldn't find it, but some somewhere I heard that the TV is supposed to be set to an unused channel, like just static. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. 
Okay, so then you choose your hiding place, and you take your glass of salt water or sake, you put it there in your hiding place. And then for safety, if you have a room that has an altar or religious symbols or things like that, that might be a good place to hide because that'll help protect you in case something goes wrong. Yeah. Okay, so now you've done all the prep. You're ready to start the game. At 3 a.m., you say, first, your name is it. So if I was playing this, I'd say, first, Jason is it. By the way, fun fact, in Japan, when you're playing hide-and-seek and you're it, they say you're the oni. Oh. So that kind of adds a fun little twist to it, right? You're the demon, Jason. Yeah. Okay, so you say that to the stuffed animal three times. First, Jason is it. First, Jason is it. First, Jason is it. And then you go into the bathroom, you submerge your stuffed animal in the water. Okay. So I guess the idea here is just bringing the spirit through the water into the stuffed animal. Sure. Then you go back to another room. You don't look back. This is very important. You don't look behind you. Uh, You close your eyes, you count to 10, and then you go back to the bathroom with your knife, right? You're supposed to have that knife, remember? And you say, I found you, Cuddles, or whatever you named it. And then you stab the animal with the knife. Okay. Okay, So you've completed the part where you're hunting for it. You found it, you stab it with the knife. Now you say, okay, now Cuddles is it, or whatever the stuffed animal's name is. You can't just like give it a hug? What? I'm just like, is it going to try to find you and stab you with the knife now? Uh, I mean, basically. Okay. It, it, the idea right. is high stakes. <laughs> high stakes yeah. game. Yeah. Okay, so you tell the stuffed animal that it is it. It is now the Oni. Okay. And you leave it there with the knife in it. You're supposed to leave the knife stuck into the doll. Okay. And then you run to your hiding place. Now, it's very important to stay very quiet so it can't find you and you can never leave the house during the game sure super dangerous sure and they say you can hide for up to two hours remember that two hours i'll explain why that is later okay okay so now to end the game remember you have that glass of salt water with you or sake yeah that's with you in your hiding place the idea behind that is salt is supposed to ward off evil If you're using sake instead, it's the same basic idea. Sake is sacred in Shinto tradition, so another thing that's kind of protecting you. Uh, So you're supposed to fill your mouth with the salt water or sake, and you hold it in your mouth. Don't spit it out or swallow it. And you have to find the stuffed animal now. It might not be where you left it, is the idea. Okay. And when you find it, you're supposed to spit out whatever's in your mouth. You spit that out onto the doll and say, I win, three times. And that's how you end the game. Okay. Pretty creepy, right? Or, like, or it wins. <laughs> yeah. <basically. laughs> if it finds you. Yeah. So there are a bunch of like story, you know, people's firsthand accounts of this online and people talk about all the creepy things that happen to them. People streaming their own death by spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, here, here's some of the reports of like what happened to these people. Some people said that the stuffed animal moved from its original location, of course. Strange images or faces appeared on the TV. Someone heard rice grains falling to the ground as they were hiding. The thing is roaming around, dropping rice. Yeah. They heard other sounds like tapping or knocking sounds. Some people heard ringing in their ears or felt chills or severe pain, even though they weren't injured. They were just sitting there. Wow. Some felt like someone or something was watching them. 
and some noticed that the TV turned itself off. Oh. It seems scary. I mean, that's supposed to be the exit for the spirit, right? Yeah. If the TV is off, it's just stuck in your house. Maybe it turns off if they exit through it. Oh, maybe. Maybe, yeah, that would make sense, I guess. Or they're like, I'm not leaving without you. <laughs> yeah. They just turn it off. Maybe. Uh, so I have some guidance to stay safe. I found some tips okay. on like best practices, we'll call yeah. it. So you're supposed to follow the rules exactly. Don't veer away from those. Uh, don't give up halfway through. Yeah, no. It's like using a Ouija board, right? You can't just like walk away and just like, okay, now there's a spirit loose in my house. Yeah. So the two hours thing, the idea is that if you leave a spirit in the stuffed animal for more than two hours, it might not leave. It might just take over that thing and you're never going to get it out again. Uh, I said, don't leave the house. So that one already. Keep the lights off. Uh, do this when you're home alone because if anyone else is in the house, you're putting them in danger. Yeah. Even pets, you're supposed to put pets outside if you're going to try this. Uh, they might start freaking out or they could even like end up messed up. Like after you end the game, your your dogs just start acting weird, you know? I just imagine coming out of my room and like my roommate's hiding in a corner and he's like, oh, sh- bro, I summoned a spirit. I'm hiding. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you didn't tell me? I, I, sh- I could have gone to a movie or something while you were doing this crap. <laughs> oh, and then when you're done, they say, burn the stuffed animal. And some people said to even cover it with salt when you bury it. Okay. Just to make sure it's not going to come back for you or something. Sure. Yeah. Wow, that is super creepy. Right? I love it. And I don't think I mentioned too, like I said, uh, it's not supposed to be human shaped. It needs to be like a stuffed animal with limbs. Yeah. Because yeah. if it's human shaped, then the spirit might just take it over and be like, well, this is my body now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Pretty cool, right? That's super awesome. There's so many cool things about that one. Yeah. One thing that I or thought that I had was, you know, you hide near your like shrine uh-huh. for extra protection. I just imagine the thing finds you in your dumb hiding place and like your like grandpa's got to come out and like scare the thing <laughs> off. I just imagine my grandpa's spirit turning back to me like, what are you dumb, son? <laughs> yeah. What are you yeah. summoning a spirit for? <laughs> you got all your ancestors coming back just to fight off this spirit. And then they just look back at you so disappointed. <laughs> it's the end of our family line right here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's my favorite. I can see why. That was great. Well, I guess my turn then, huh? It is. What do you got? Got a fun little scary one. Teke Teke. I heard about that one. Yeah, this is another... Pretty prevalent one, it seems. Another one to do with trains as well. I kind of like how urban legends kind of reflect the fears of society, but they also reflect society in other ways, like trains being tied in multiple times or the internet, right? When it was becoming popular. Yeah. It's interesting to see that what kind of themes pop up in a bunch of different legends, like... So you got the internet, you got trains. I also noticed there are a whole lot that take place in school bathrooms yeah. or bathrooms in general. Yeah. But we'll get to that. So Teke Teke is the ghost of a woman or a schoolgirl who fell onto a railway line and was cut in half by the oncoming train. Gruesome. 
So it's a vengeful spirit because she's outraged at her untimely young death. And she now haunts the areas near train stations at night. Can I uh, put in a little, I heard of a variation of that part of it. Yeah. So do you, you said that she like fell on the train track and got sliced in half, right? Yes. Okay. I saw another version that said she was beaten, raped, and left for dead. Okay. And that- then she was like, dragging herself around looking for help, and she happened to lose consciousness on the tracks. That's how she was cut in half. Okay. That makes someone vengeful. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) So, yeah, she doesn't have legs anymore, so she drags herself around on her hands and elbows. And uh, as she's doing that on the hard concrete of the train stations, that's where you get the teke, 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 teke sound. It's her scurrying around on her elbows. Yeah. So should you ever encounter Teke Teke, get the heck out of there. If she catches you, she will slice you in half. With a scythe, apparently? Yeah, I don't know where she got that. I don't know how how the physics of that even work. Like, if she doesn't have legs, how is she going to get the leverage to swing this thing? Well, she's kind of supernatural. Yeah, I guess. Because also... She's incredibly fast, even rumored to be able to keep up with a car. So I told you to run, but you're probably not getting away. My only thought on this one is, ooh, I better just run a little bit faster than the next person. Hope there's someone else around that I can outrun. That's pretty much probably your only way to get out of this one. Yeah. In some versions of the story, she'll even ask you, where are my legs? And you have to say, Meishin Expressway, and then she'll let you go. And if you say anything else, she will slice you in half. Yep. I also saw that some versions of the story say that she haunts bathrooms. I saw that too, and I was like, "That okay, it's, it seems it's weird. very train-related. Like, I see why she haunts train stations. Bathrooms, I, maybe because it's like, Japan's so crowded, the bathroom is like the one place... You're alone for a second, perhaps? Or is it that she haunts specifically train station bathrooms? I wasn't sure I mean, about that. Yeah, I mean, most train, big train stations do have a bathroom, right? So that yeah. maybe that's it. I'm it's a sure. remote part of the train station where she can isolate and corner you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting one. There are a lot of like just unusual variations. Like, where did they come up with that? Like the Machine Expressway thing. Why? Why? Why that place? I, right? Like somehow that just became the story, right? There was another, did you see the name Kashima Reiko come up in that? Mm, Not that I recall. Some people said that her name is Kashima Reiko. Okay. Some people said that like if she asks you where you heard that her legs were at Meishin Expressway, you're supposed to tell her, oh, Kashima Reiko told me that. Oh. It's like just so many weird little twists that don't really make any logical sense, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, I just love the image of like half a person, you know, like legs gone, maybe some intestines like dangling out and she's just like inhumanly fast coming at you on the ground, right at your ankles. Definitely a creepy image. And then she just like pulls a big scythe out of nowhere. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. That's scary. Definitely. What do you got next, Jason? Well, since I mentioned bathrooms, let me talk about another super famous urban legend. Yeah. Like out of all of these that we're talking about, I think this and the slit mouthed woman are the two that I had heard a lot about before. 
Like they're just super popular ones. Yeah. Um, so this is about Hanako-san. You know about her, right? Oh, yeah. Also known as Toire no Hanako-san. Hanako of the toilet. <laughs> Another toilet one. Trains and toilets are the uh, running themes here. If I were a ghost, I think I'd be pissed off just about having a nickname like that. You know, Jason of the toilet. That's not how I want to be known. It's not how I want to be remembered when I'm gone. So at Han- least you'd be remembered. I guess know? better than nothing. <laughs> I don't know. So Hanako is known to haunt specifically school bathrooms, usually in primary schools, which is like uh, elementary school for us Americans, because supposedly she died in a school bathroom. Yeah. Makes sense. Sure. Some say that she died during an air raid in World War II. Some say that she killed herself because she was being bullied. Some people say she was killed by a pervert. Yeah, lots of stories about how she died. Yeah. So some people try to summon Hanako-san. This is kind of a popular thing for kids to do at school. It's like a Bloody Mary type thing. You red, know? red rum? You're supposed to go into the bathroom on the third floor specifically... That's the scariest floor. Yeah, threes come into play a lot here. I don't know why three. You'd think four, maybe, you know, because that's the death number. My schools maybe have a fourth floor? Maybe. So bathroom on the third floor, you're knocking on the third stall three times. And then you ask. Three, three. Yeah. And then you ask, Hanako, sokunimasu Which means, Hanako, are you there? And if you're unlucky, and she is actually there, the door will slowly open, and you'll see Hanako in a red skirt with her hair up in a traditional style bun. And then she grabs you and drags you into the toilet, and you're dead. (laughs) Yikes. Some versions say that instead of opening the door, she'll ask you if you need a friend, which sounds kind of nice, but then she'll still drag you under the stall and kill you. So, not very nice. Well, you can be friends in the spirit world, I guess. I guess so. You can haunt the bathroom together. You can be known as the friends of the toilet. Man, this is a primary school. She's just killing little kids. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Any other details you heard about that one that I missed? No. That was pretty good. All right. Thank you. What do you got, Paul? What's, What's coming up next? So this one caught my eye because it's kind of spooky, but not scary. But it also is one that came back around. So this legend was popular back in the Taisho period, which was like 1920s Japan. And it became popular again after the 2011 earthquake and tsunami. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. So this is about ghost taxi passengers. Yeah. So it's this trend where multiple taxi drivers report picking up a passenger they're often cold or really wet and then during the ride they just disappear all of a sudden they look back and no one's in the taxi before they get to their final destination they sometimes leave physical evidence like the seat will be wet or there'll be a glove sitting in the back seat Or even sometimes they might leave money to cover the fare. Because if the passenger disappears, the taxi person has to pay that fare because they put in that they were taking someone to this place. Mm -hmm. So the driver's got to cover that out of their own pocket then. 
Although I heard that a lot of these drivers don't really mind out of respect for the dead because they believe they picked up a spirit. So that's just yeah. part of like, oh, okay, I will, I will do this for the spirit. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's like, I don't know, like it's a creepy ghost story, I guess, but also thinking about the tsunami and thinking about how so many people like lost someone that they loved, you know, and now the idea of all these spirits just hanging around and like taking rides in your taxi and stuff it's kind of there's something sweet about it almost you know yeah the ghost passengers are often said to be trying to visit the homes of loved ones Mm. maybe that's why they disappear when they pass by the right place they kind of go into the home and many of them are younger people who felt they were too young to die and you know in a natural disaster like that Lots of young people die, right? Yeah. It's also interesting, I think, in like the collective psyche, the fact that you have a disaster like that where lots of people die and like people are thinking about the death and the destruction and the sadness. And that's when reports of this type of stuff starts creeping back up again. Yeah. It is super interesting how that becomes a trend. Like it's not just a few isolated incidents. Yeah. Like sometimes I, it blows my mind that. You know, sometimes you think like in the modern age, that kind of stuff doesn't happen, you know, like these urban legends don't just pop up out of nowhere, but they, they do <laughs> like they did. They just keep popping up. Yeah. This was what, 12 years ago, yeah. like, not that long ago. So I, I thought, yeah, for a lot of reasons, I thought that was a very interesting one. Definitely. Yeah. What you got next, Jason? So the next one I have is about. Akamanto. You know that one? It sounds familiar. What does that translate to? This is kind of a weird oh, one. Oh, red cloak. Red cloak, exactly. Aka, aka. And before I get into this, I want to point out, I thought it was really interesting. One of the themes that keeps popping up in a lot of these urban legends is that the spirit asks people something. You yeah. Know? The slit-mouthed woman, she asks you if she's pretty, right? Yeah. The teke-teke uh, asks you where her bottom half is. Yeah. Right? This is another one that asks you things. It's also another one that haunts bathrooms. Okay. So Red Cloak, Akamanto. This is a male spirit who haunts public restrooms or school restrooms, especially the last stall in women's restrooms. I don't know what he's doing in there. I did think it was interesting that it was a male spirit this time haunting women's restrooms or exclusively, apparently. Right, right. And you're all right. Go to the bathroom with no worry. All these stories so far are taking place in women's restrooms. Yeah, that's weird. What are you doing in there, dude? And why are you wearing a red cape? Like, I think we're about to find out what he's doing in there. Yeah. So one backstory I found about this guy is that he was a student with a red coat who was harassed by his classmates. That feels like another common theme, right? People getting bullied. Yep. So eventually he decided to kill himself in the bathroom. Why he would do that in the women's bathroom, I don't know. But another version said that he's actually the spirit of a serial killer oh. from Fukui Prefecture who died in the early 1900s. So again, just like these different versions that are totally like opposite of each other. It doesn't make any sense how those are the same thing. He's just got an unfilled total. He's like, no, I need to kill more before I can rest. I guess. So yeah, he's got that red cloak. I also saw he wears a white mask. I saw some sources even calling him handsome. Okay. Although, how would anyone know that if he's wearing a mask? Right. Right. So the idea is, as you're sitting on the toilet, 
what he does is he asks you if you want red paper or blue paper. Which again, this makes no sense to me. Where, where, where are people finding colored toilet paper? I've only seen white toilet paper, you know? Well, he's got access to the spirit world. They must have colorful have, toilet papers in the spirit world. Oh man, I didn't think of that. They got all sorts of special toilet paper over there. That sounds awesome. There's a lot to look forward to after we die, apparently. All right. well, that's hopeful. A nice little <laughs> hopeful twist on this one. So he asks if you want red or blue. If you say red, he'll slice you up and you'll die of blood loss. Okay. If you choose blue, he strangles you or drains the blood from your body. So there's a certain logic to that part of it. You know, red, you get all bloody. Blood is red. If you choose blue, you are asphyxiated and you turn blue. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's interesting having a serial killer that gives you a choice on how you die. That's kind of like a new serial killer twist. I guess. So you you might think, well, if those bad things happen, maybe I'll just ask for a different color, right? Maybe I don't want red or blue. Give me just plain white paper. If you say that, he'll drag you down to hell. Some say that if you choose yellow, he pushes your head into the toilet. <laughs> Maybe the yellow oh, no. goes with pee. Yeah. That's where my mind goes. Yeah. Um, Drowning so, in your own pee. Yeah, that sounds bad. <laughs> uh, do you know how, how to save yourself, Paul? Um, you've got to refuse. You got to refuse his offer of paper. And run like hell. That nope, should work. Thanks, I'm good. Boom, gone. Out yeah. the door. You just be like, I, I don't wipe. I don't need any paper. I, I'm out of here. It was a clean pinch. I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those ghost poos. <laughs> um, or I saw you could just ignore him, I guess. Uh, just like get up and walk away. Let's pretend he's not even there. I don't even see you. Okay. So Don't engage the spirits. Yeah. I was like, I'm like starting to think like, why would anyone ever sit in like the third stall or the last stall of a woman's bathroom in Japan? But then I just imagined like, oh, it's just like a nice, beautiful day. You walk in, the bathroom's busy. The only stall at the end is the one open. You go in there and then all of a sudden everybody else just leaves the bathroom. And all of a sudden you're alone in the third stall and you hear this knock on the door. <laughs> yeah. Like, no! Oh, man. Now you got me thinking about bathrooms. So I was thinking, like, I, I pretty much always use the last stall because that's always the handicap stall, so it's much bigger. I like to call it the executive suite, mm, you know? Mm. I just like having that space to myself. But then I, you got me thinking, like, well, in a women's bathroom, there are way more stalls because they don't have urinals in there. So now I'm thinking, like, so is the last stall in the women's bathroom always the one that gets used the least because nobody wants to walk all the way down to that one unless they have to? I don't know. So many questions. I feel like maybe women would go to the farthest one for some privacy. Maybe. Do you women know? want privacy in the bathroom, though? They're always going in groups, you know? Well, didn't we learn in the Total Museum that, like, women want oh. toilets that make sound to cover up their Great noises? Point. They probably don't want the smell to get out. True, true. They want, they want a little privacy. Depends on what they're doing. If they're just brushing up their makeup or whatever, they want to chat. If they're doing their business, they probably want to be, be alone. Well, thank you, Paul. I'm glad you got all the deets on what goes on. In I've, thought, I've thought about these things before. You know? <laughs> well, wait a minute. I remember you telling me stories about when you worked at a store where you had to clean all the women's bathrooms, and you had some horror stories about that. Oh, they were the worst. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was so bad. <laughs> I remember you telling me about women that refused to leave. Yeah, yeah. 
Like I'm in the middle of like mopping the floor and they just like hop in a stall. They're like, don't worry about me. Just keep cleaning. I'm like, are you trying to get me fired or what? Like, yeah. come on. So you do have some firsthand experience with this. I suppose I do. <laughs> I, I've spent a little time in women's restrooms, Jason. <laughs> don't please don't clip that out of context. Uh, Jason's like adding it, adding it to my vault of yeah. quotes that'll ruin Paul later on. Oh yeah, that'll come in handy. <laughs> that was a good one. Well, Paul, I think that's all I got. Do you have any more? I do. How many? Do all right, but I don't think either of these will take super long. I just, uh, for different reasons, I thought both of these were cool. The first one is the Jin Main Ken, human-faced dog. Oh, yes. I've seen, like, animated pictures of these before, and it's just, like, it's so crazy. I just love the picture. Like, it's seeing a human face on a dog's body is super weird and, like, unsettling even to think of. Yeah. Do you remember ever hearing about a fish with a human face? Yeah, I've seen like video clips of like carp with a human face and okay. stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's another Japanese legend thing. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of stories about these Jinmin Ken. They're said to appear at night in urban areas in Japan. They are rumored to run along the highways and be faster than cars. And they'll run out in front of your car and you'll be like, what is that dog doing? And right at that point, it turns around and <laughs> stares at you with its human face yeah. and then just runs away. Like, that's just so creepy. I want to know what kind of human face it is. You know, is it like an old man? Is it a young kid? Is there a variety? Could it be any kind of human face? True, true. Like, I feel like the standard picture I've seen is just like kind of like middle-aged man. That's what I've seen too. Yeah, just like man face, like which is maybe even more good artistic touch maybe. Yeah, that's fun. Apparently they can talk, but they usually prefer to be left alone. Um, you might encounter them rummaging through the garbage in an alley. Hmm. Only for the dog to look up at you, revealing its human face. He's like, what are you looking at? Yeah, they look up at you and go, leave me alone. <laughs> you just keep walking. Oh, my God. I've had too much to drink tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, some theories about them is that they were formed from genetic experimentation or that they're ghosts of humans who were struck by cars while walking their dogs. And the human oh. and dog spirits got merged into some sort of holy crap new creature, like Chainsaw Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sweet. So the last one I got is uh, just because I'm a baseball nerd. The Curse of the Colonel. So, oh yes, I knew you were gonna. Talk yeah, about this yeah. One. I've talked before about how I'm a Hanshin Tigers fan. I actually was just complaining, I think, not that long ago to you, Jason, that I need a new team. The Tigers always suck. They haven't won in forever. Mm -hmm. Well, they just made the playoffs and won their conference. Hmm. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll, we'll find out how the playoffs go. They might prove me wrong. Yeah. You need to complain about them more often. They, they just want to prove you yeah. wrong. I'm a, I'm back on the bandwagon. <laughs> I, ne I never left. I've always been a Tigers fan. If anyone asks, <laughs> but anyways, the last time the Tigers won the Japan championship, 
was 1985. And the fans go pretty wild in Osaka. So they were celebrating in Dontonbori by the river, and they found someone who looked like every player on the team, and they either jumped in or threw them in the river. So they couldn't find anybody that looked like their star first baseman, Randy Bass, because obviously he's like American, this big American guy, big white (laughs) guy with a mustache. Yeah. So they're looking all over. They can't find anyone. They finally get to a KFC. They grab the statue of the Colonel from out front of the KFC and they throw it in the river to celebrate their victory. And ever since then, they've been awful They've never won another Japan series. So people started saying it's the curse of the Colonel. They shouldn't have thrown them in the river. They're never going to win again until the Colonel is pulled out of the river. He's still there? No, he was actually pulled out in 2009. Some divers found him and pulled it out. So theoretically, they could win now. Wow. This is just another one of those good baseball curses. That's cool. Like the curse of the Bambino, like the Red Sox didn't win for 90 years or whatever. Yeah. The Cubs had a curse of the go, the Billy Goats. You think they would have been okay if they threw Ronald McDonald in instead? Um, or would they then have ended up with the curse of the clown? Yeah, or that sounds even scarier. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad they did KFC. Yeah. So we'll see. They're open to win now. They recovered it. Uh too bad I won't be there. Otherwise, I'd jump in the river uh, for whatever white guy they got on the team now. Right. <laughs> Actually, when they just clinched the pennant, the police totally fenced off the river in Dotonbori. They wow. fenced it off everywhere, and still, like, a few people managed to jump in. There's these <laughs> great photos of this huge crowd and, like, these guys, like, solo diving from, like, way high up into the river. Wow. They also raised the level of the river a few feet to make it safer for the people that were going to dive in so that they didn't hurt themselves on the bottom. Man, that's, that's planning ahead. Yeah, yeah. They, they get a little wild in Osaka. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's the last one I got. I just had to get that baseball one out of me. Yeah, that's great. That's a fun one. Yeah. So I don't have any more legends, but I do have just something I wanted to talk about that I came across recently, and I'm really curious if you've heard about this. Okay. It's just kind of related to urban legends and uh, stuff. Halloween, you know, Halloween type stuff. Okay. So, Paul, have you ever heard of an anime called Ghost Stories? Yes. You have? Yes. You seen it? Uh, dub or sub? <laughs> <laughs> you know the whole story, don't you? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the dub. but The dub in this rare instance is way better. It's legitimately good. Well, let me ask you now, have you seen the, the sub version? I did. I put on like an episode or two to like see what, what's it like? Like yeah, what's yeah. it really supposed to be like? Right. And it's just kind of like normal and kind of boring. Yeah, that's what I expected. Yeah. But, okay. Well, I was hoping you hadn't heard about this, but is this like, I mean, you're, you're more into the anime stuff than I am anyway. Is this kind of like legendary? Is it a really well-known anime? Um, for, for the right crowd. You know, it's, it's kind of old now. Yeah. But like weebs of a certain age, like, yes, it's, okay. it's pretty well known. All right. Well, I'm going to tell the story. 
Yeah. If you if that's okay. Yeah. Please. Feel free to jump in though. Please. Um, you you might know more details than I have here, but okay. So I had never heard about this. I just found this on Amazon Prime. Okay. Flipping through the animes on there, and I was like, "Oh, ghost stories! I like ghost stories." And it's that good type to of know stuff. that it's still floating around out there. Yeah, yeah. So I started watching this show, and I mean, basically, it's just a show about a group of kids fighting ghosts at a haunted schoolhouse. It's kind of like a Scooby Doo style show. Yeah. And well, the specific reason I wanted to mention is because it actually references a lot of the legends that we talked about. It's got the dog with the human face. It's got the teke teke. It's got uh, Akamanto. It's got Hanako. It's just a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. But when I started watching it, I was getting really confused because it's just packed full of American pop culture references. And I'm like, what? Like, they wouldn't do this in Japanese. That doesn't make any sense. And there's a character in there that's like a hardcore born-again Christian type, and they're kind of making a lot of jokes about that. And I mean, all the jokes are just really kind of like edgy and adult and like politically incorrect and borderline offensive, you know? Yeah, and it's like these 10, 11-year-old kids in the show saying all this stuff. Right, it doesn't make any sense. So on Amazon, like I'm trying to look for the Japanese language version and the and the original subtitles, and they're not even on there. Like on Amazon, it's <laughs> it's the only thing you have is the English audio and the English wow. subtitles. So I Googled it. Like, what is what's the story behind this? Because obviously this is very much not what the original show was like. Yeah. And there's this whole crazy story. So the original anime was released in Japan in 2001. It was based on a series of books, which were basically like a collection of school-centric urban legends. But then in 2005, it was sent to an American company called ADV Films, and they were supposed to produce the English dub for this anime. And they were basically told that they could do whatever they wanted with it. Like They just wanted to squeeze out as much money as they could from the American release of this. So it's like, just go wild. Just do whatever you think will sell. They were given permission to completely rewrite the script. They just had three stipulations. They weren't supposed to change any names. They couldn't change the way that any of the ghosts were defeated because they were actual like Japanese legends. And they couldn't change the core meaning of the episode. But beyond that, they could change the entire script. So they went crazy just making the most ridiculous jokes they could come up with. I heard that like the voice actors could ad lib and everybody was just really having fun with it and saying yeah. like the most offensive stuff that came into their head, you yeah. know. I I remember the boarding and Christian girl. She yeah. was funny, dude. Hilarious. Funny. It's all hilarious. <laughs> it's so it's so good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember like for more context on those times, like back then anime didn't really have a market outside of Japan, at least not that they were making money off of. Yeah. So it kind of was like just starting to really take off in the U.S. So these companies appeared in the U.S. that would buy the rights to Japanese anime for like pretty cheap, you know, because the Japanese companies were like, ah, well, sure, we'll make a few more bucks on our anime. And so they were selling these out for cheap and they just had like the same 10 voice actors would just do like everything for these studios. They would just knock out a ridiculous amount of anime like really quickly. Yeah. So they probably got the rights for like next to nothing. And then we're like, you know what? Let's have fun with this one. It's just like, who's this market even for in America? 
we they had more of a market for like teenagers and young adults at the time. Like, how are we even going to sell these to kids? Like, the whole story's wild, man. Yeah. I'm glad you found that. I had almost forgotten about that. I'd never even heard of that happening. And like, I actually looked up interviews with the voice actors and they're talking about it. And it's like, you know, we would never do this with like a really popular, revered anime that that people love. But this was just like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like, who cares? We can just have fun with it. But like, has that ever happened before or since? That just seemed like such a weird situation where they would just completely demolish the original anime and like completely rebuild it from scratch kind of it's the only one i could recall yeah so yeah if you have amazon prime i recommend it even if it's just like the first episode to see what it's like because it's it's funny it's wacky so i got one thing to add here yeah you know these urban legends like it's really cool stuff but hopefully you don't run into any of this stuff in japan right hopefully you're not walking down an alley late at night and some beautiful masked woman is like Am I pretty? (laughs) But I did find out, I was just like looking around at like cool things to do in Tokyo. There's a place called Real Escape Game in Asakusa that has a Red Room escape game. No way. Yes, it's the Red Room. And it's a 30 minute long escape game for six players. And they have it in English and Japanese. Oh, dude, we got to do that. They also have another one that's 60 minutes called Survive the Urban Legend that also comes in English. Do you know what urban legends are involved in that? Nope. But we might recognize a few. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so that's like on my list of cool Tokyo stuff now. Sweet. Yeah. That was my last thing, Jason. All right. I'm all out too. Well, I hope everybody has a happy Halloween if you're listening to this before Halloween. If you're listening after, I hope you had a great Halloween. I second that. I'm also very excited to start season four. Looking forward to getting going again. Yeah. December 4th. Look for it. And I suppose I should say what the first episode's going to be, huh? Oh, I guess. Sure. We always, you know, say next episode. Well, this one's going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to this one. I think so, too. And this was a... uh, this was requested by at least a few listeners, I know. Yeah, and I almost can't believe like we didn't think of it sooner. Yeah. You know, we're going to be doing the first episode of season four on Japanese car culture. Yeah. They're it's going to be great. Really, like despite the great train infrastructure, there is a deep and passionate car culture community in Japan. Yeah, and they have really unique cars. Like they actually make cars in Japan that you can't really get outside of Japan in a lot of cases. I started doing some like preliminary research for this, just kind of seeing what was out there. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. That's like, awesome. I, I was surprised at all these fun facts I was finding. So yeah. Japan's really good at creating like really in-depth, interesting like subculture groups. For sure. There's lots of like really, really deep subcultures in Japan. Yep. Well, that will be fun. Where can people find us, Jason? Well, you can find us at our website, sightseeingjapanpodcast.com. We're also on Instagram, at sjppodcast. I've been kind of changing things up a little bit, trying to uh, add a lot more stories on there. Just interesting stuff uh, related to Japan or travel, Japan travel stuff. I've been seeing those. That's really cool. Instagram's got a lot of like Japan travel stuff. 
Definitely. On it. That's stuff really cool stuff. Yeah. How's Twitter going? You're also on there. Uh, Twitter's a weird place, yep. but I'm having fun. Oh, wait, it's not Twitter anymore, right? Uh, yeah, X, I guess. Yeah. He scrapped the titter idea, I yeah. guess. I, I don't know. I'm still confused. I feel like you, you still tweet, but the app's called X. Yeah, that's weird. Like you make a post, it's still like a tweet. Yeah. But they should call it you're, Xing. You're tweeting on X. Or having X. Yeah, I don't know if that's that get that get filtered out of too many safe search. <laughs> yeah. How do I X? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, but it, it's fun. I think I'm going to start posting a lot uh, more just like random Japanese facts I come across in my research. Cool. People seem to like those. So when I, when I find a cool one, I'll share it with all you. Nice. What's the username there? At uh, SJP Podcast. All right. Same as Instagram. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, come check us out. Uh, we'll see you in about a month for season four. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then.